0: Another episode of the Teaching Canada's History podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Campbell, and in this special educator series, we're speaking with the finalists for the 2019 Governor General's History Award for Excellence in Teaching. Created in 1996, the award recognizes best practices in teaching Canadian history and is an opportunity to highlight the important work that teachers and students are doing to interpret and share the stories of the past. Today, I'm being joined by Heather Rigo and Jock Martin teachers at St. John's Ravens Court School in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Thank you both for joining me on the Teaching Canada's History podcast. Can you introduce yourselves and can one of you tell us a little bit more about your school and the students that you teach?
1: Uh, my name is Heather Rigo and I teach grades 9 to 12 language arts with a little bit of grade 9 social studies. I've been teaching at SJR now for about 12 years and I'm heading into my 34th year as a teacher, a high school teacher, in the province of Manitoba.
2: And I'm Jock Martin. Uh, I was a social studies teacher opposite Heather Ago in in the building, uh, which is why we started working together. Um, And uh, since our work together in 2018, I've been exploring administrative avenues where I've been working with other teachers, uh, exploring some of the ideas that Heather and I have been working on, Mm -hmm. as well as uh, continuing to teach in a public speaking debate classroom.
0: That's great. And why don't we jump into the project that you submitted as part of your application for the award. Can you give us a rundown of what you and your students did this past year?
2: In Manitoba, Canadian history is offered as a grade 11 course, a compulsory course in grade 11, and also English language arts is a compulsory course for our grade 11 students. so actually, it's the really the only two courses, uh, apart from math, that students must take. Heather and I, uh, working next door, uh, decided that we wanted to work towards some of the similar goals uh, with the students. And so we started to merge the two courses together in terms of uh, the students, uh, what they were reading, um, and how they were uh, communicating what they are, uh, understood. And so by mixing the Uh, social studies outcomes and the English-language arts outcomes. Uh, We got the students to produce uh, creative works in which they communicated what they were thinking and feeling about Canadian history. And ultimately it led to uh, students publishing a book at a local uh, booksellers that really communicated their ideas about colonialism and uh, reconciliation in Canada.
1: The language arts curriculum in Manitoba is not prescriptive in terms of uh, the the specific books that we must read or the specific poems or plays that we must uh, explore. It's uh, it's more a set of outcomes, and we're actually moving towards even a broader uh, framework for understanding the literary experience. So, what here at SJR, because. Uh, um, kids travel together in groups for history and English. So I would have the same uh, students for grade 11 English that Jock had for grade 11 uh, Canadian history. Uh, It was an awesome opportunity for us to say, okay, how can I meet the outcomes in language arts Um, and also uh, complement and explore the things that Jock was doing in grade 11 history so Canadian history so um, and we actually shared a physical space together with a collapsible wall so it was really um, an interesting opportunity to figure out how we can explore the same stories in history as happen uh, through literature and in language arts
2: And I would say simultaneous to that, I'm very interested in um, broadening the kinds of narratives that students are exposed to in history. It's very easy in a simple history class to just say, this is what happened, and then this is what happened, which ultimately just means that you are giving one interpretation of history to students to say um, as a fact. Um, And obviously, with the historical thinking skills uh, and the push towards Uh, interpretation and analysis, it's much more important to expose students to a broader range of stories related to history. Um, The more voices uh, students can be confronted with, um, the more opportunity they have to make sense of history themselves. And so really, they start to apply to history those skills that they've been learning in language arts uh, since kindergarten, um, which is what does this story mean to you? Why is this person behaving this way? Uh, what do you think is going to happen next in the story?
1: You know, when, when we read literature in high school, um, we sometimes preoccupy ourselves with symbolic meaning and imagery. And and so we sort of search for um, uh, the technical aspects of, of literary work, which is important because that leads us to meaning. But, When Jock and I worked together, we were able to um, take those um, building blocks of of literary experience, symbol, metaphor, um, literary uh, expression, to explore well, what does the character, what purpose does the writer have here in terms of expressing a a historical experience? So when we read uh, Katharina Vermette's Um, uh, epic poem, uh, November, in her collected work, um, North End Love Songs, uh, we were able to say, well, why would the poet be telling the story? And why would the poet tell the story in this way? Why choose this medium, especially since Vermette also writes in prose? So there's an opportunity there to say, well, yes, it's a literary work, but there's something going on in the way the story is told and who gets to tell the story because that's uh, something that's very important in the study of literature.
2: And so you build a really interesting relationship between um, information and then what that information means to you. So we're doing that in the language arts classroom, but I believe we should be doing that in the social studies class. Many social studies classrooms are doing that, in fact. Here's the evidence. Here's the information um, what does that mean to you? And so along with that comes um, uh, speaking to individuals who have, who have lived the history that you are, you are discussing and, and analyzing, um, and uh, primary source documents or information that also uh, provide evidence, uh, which becomes a bit of a puzzle for students. Um, and as they begin to analyze the work's uh, in literature, but they're also analyzing the evidence in history. They start to come up with conclusions, but then those conclusions need to be tested. Well, where, 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 where's the evidence for that conclusion? How have you come to this place? Show me, show me in the work, uh, where that's true for you. What is the evidence? Um, and I think the work then ultimately needs to go to a place where the students are then themselves producing documents. They're producing evidence. They're communicating to the world what they have come to realize themselves, um, and so history uh, is as analytical as their approach to literature. This is what it means to me. These are the conclusions that I've reached, having having seen this evidence and thought about it. And uh, they're connecting all the dots together. And for I think for Heather and I, uh, one of the most exciting parts of that was the interdisciplinary approach to uh, social studies in, and English, really a humanities approach to Canadian history through both artifact and evidence, but also literature um, and fiction.
0: Yeah, combining history, social studies, and English, it, I think it's a really natural way to analyze all of these ideas and concepts that you're talking about, you know, differing narratives and multiple perspectives, and analyzing primary sources and literature. It's just, it's a really um, important way to to bring together that into interdisciplinary learning and I think it really shows in the culminating project that your students completed so can you speak a little bit more and share some more details behind the book that your students uh, wrote and published
2: sure uh, well the book was really the 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 final step in terms of uh, what we were doing um so the context here would be there's a couple of couple of contexts that are really to uh, put in place to be important. I, I would say the first one actually was um, our mayor, Mayor Brian Bowman, uh, declared um, 2018 to be the year of reconciliation in Winnipeg. Um, so this was the culmination of a couple of things that were going on in our in our current status quo. Uh, you know, always trying to relate the history to to modern times. What does Canada's history have to do with your life today is a really important question in, in the Canadian history classroom. So the mayor declares that the uh, 2018 is the is a year of reconciliation. Um, do what does that mean to students? How, how can they come to terms with that being in the news every day uh, as they're starting their school year? So working within that context, then uh, we have there's a number of uh, uh, ideas, issues, f- facts, themes to touch on in Canadian history. But a focus for us came, became that reconciliation issue. And to deal with that, you have to deal with uh, Canada's colonial past and to work within the Canadian history curriculum uh, in Manitoba, which is is fairly open. Uh, and asks for diverse perspectives um, and multiple viewpoints. But uh, in other times, I think it can lend itself to uh, the students really having a pan-Indigenous understanding of of North America in the sense that there is effort within the the information, uh, textbooks, uh, resources that the province puts out for the curriculum to push students to understand Uh, Indigenous history and Indigenous culture as as being um, uh, unique uh, in different places within North America. But then it talks about Indigenous culture and Indigenous history as Indigenous culture and Indigenous history sort of as like one big block. And so it kind of does push students towards this pan-Indigenous approach. We were very interested early on in trying to recognize um, why uh, different First Nations were identified as different nations, what, what made them unique, what made them uh, uh, separate and um, special from each other. And so our early work in that regard uh, helped us through these ideas of do some research, find some information, and, and then if you're making conclusions, you can, you can relate it back, back to the information. Um, but in the uh, English language arts classroom, um, the effects of colonialism in North America is a, a, a story that gets told in different ways. That students are really confronted at the other end almost immediately with the impact uh, on people. Um, and of course, the mayor's call for the year of reconciliation ultimately is the impact of colonialism on all Canadians. Um, that uh, I'm not, uh, I do not have an Indigenous background but I am affected by reconciliation in Canada. Um, having students understand that, they, they then need to dig into the history to understand what, what that's all about. So we have been for years experimenting with the idea of this exists and then can you make sense of it? Let me help you make sense of it and also use, practice your analytical skills and your communication skills to make sense of it and then tell the world what sense that makes for you. And we had uh, in Winnipeg. There's a number of different examples of murals, of statues, of public art, which are themselves expressions, reactions to history, um, and we see it every day in our travels through the city. Um, so we've we've asked students then to respond to history by making their own statements, whether they be art or writing or um, movies or music. Students have composed original songs, for example, to react to the history that that, that, uh, that they come across, which in itself is an outcome of the language arts course, to be able to create text and communicate one's thoughts. In this particular case, uh, also our school was pursuing um, uh, a theme of design thinking they, they they were looking for at a very particular form of design thinking that we could all practice together which is actually uh called launch uh it's by john spencer and uh, ag giuliani and um it, it is a particular pattern of uh a cycle of work in which one collaborates and generates ideas and makes uh, multiple iterations of that idea, tests it out, um, uh, makes experimental forms of it before launching it to the world. And Heather and I were kind of curious how this, we had been experimenting with student creativity for, for a while now, but we were actually kind of curious how this launch cycle might look if it was applied to more traditional academic work. We actually went the other way mm-hmm. it was it was our administration was trying to get the teachers to practice their creativity and to, to encourage student creativity which we had been doing mm-hmm. and we went the opposite way with it we wanted to know how that uh design thinking could be applied to traditional academic work and there's just kind of a nice symmetry with the launch cycle as uh, these individuals called it and a book launch uh so we were curious at that point uh whether we could take the students' understanding of what they were analyzing and, and the dots that they were, they were uh, drawing lines between dots, the conclusions that they came up with, what that might look like in a more uh, traditional format. And so it was towards the end of the year that we were experimenting with um, Google Docs that allowed students to be collaborative writers together. They had uh, gone through a process in which they had done Independent research papers, and because they had begun to uh, early in the year look at uh, First Nations as individual cultural linguistic groups, uh, they'd done a lot of research on on a, a specific group. They continued that forward as we as we got later into Canadian history. Uh, what is the effect of colonialism on the group that they had initially researched? And having having done that as an individual, they then got to work with other students. And they were armed with the research papers that they had already written. Um, So by making multiple iterations of that work and getting feedback from their neighbors and collaboratively, uh, they were able to create chapters together. So I I had seen work before of social studies teachers and English teachers uh, who had published student work where every chapter was uh, one student's work, Um, as if to say this is the work the students has done and now I'm just going to make it official by publishing it. We actually took that work and then made a, a further iteration by having students collaboratively see if they could merge their research papers together in a single chapter. And so they became collaborative writers that way. I was really ultimately the final stage in terms of um, having students put their voices out and out for publication or to be viewed by the world. Um, but they weren't standing alone. They were they were standing together in the sense that uh, they had helped each other write the, write the chapters.
1: You know, we we'd also um, we also took uh, some time to think about how do we get inside these ideas? How do students get inside ideas rather than uh, you know? The, and of course, the research is in, is incredibly important because they they need to delve into primary documents, they need to talk to people about their experiences uh, in a historical setting. But then how do they express that? So we, we had the research and the formal research papers that Jock talked about, where they had to write an individual research paper, then get together with a group and try to make one research paper out of three or four or five papers, which was a really interesting project. But they also had to create something for Imagine a Canada, which was run by the Truth and Reconciliation Archives, Archives here in Manitoba. And so that was really interesting. They, ha- they had to express it in a t- in a concrete, tangible way. And so one of the things that we did is we looked at uh, Gord Downey's secret path. And that you know, looking from the literary point of view, we read a novel, we read poetry, and then we looked at uh, Secret Path and listened to the music and looked at the at the work that they did with the family um, to create Secret Path. So we said to them after that, we said, so if this is Gord expression of his understanding of one person's experience in the residential school's what would be your expression through imagine a canada and we got some really um amazing um, paintings uh one student wrote an original song we got students making jewelry and pottery and um i can't remember what else they did they 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 did a number of things we pre- they, they we had a gallery walk they presented their work and then we submitted the work to Imagine a Canada. And out of that, uh, stu- some students were selected to go to uh, a seminar run by Truth and Reconciliation Archives at the University of Manitoba. And they were able to sit down in small groups uh, with survivors of the residential schools. And it was um, beyond powerful for them. They, they I mean, it's, it is powerful to go in here uh, residential school survivor talk about uh, their experiences and the healing that they're, they're having to do. And, and the, uh, you know, that whole phase, but for these kids, they had done so much research and so much work and they had come in, they had got inside the ideas. So to meet these people, um, I mean, they were, the, one girl said that it was uh, probably the best experience Uh, in terms of understanding something that she'd ever had. And so we were so uh, pleased that we'd gone through this sort of cycle of work. Um, But it meant that, and we're very lucky here because we have kids all year long. We don't have semestered courses. So we started with them in September and we end with them in June. And we went on this incredible journey with them and then finalized with the book launch, which was really cool.
2: It was very clear... During the launch, the stu- each of the students got a chance to speak about the process that they went through, uh, creating their chapter and having the book published. And um, the level of it was the, the way they spoke about what they had learned was so personal and was showed a very deep understanding of what they had looked at. It was for me, it was the it was the most powerful assessment I could have made about How much the students had learned, not just about Canadian history, but um, learned about the creative process, learned Mm -hmm. um, uh, learned about truth in that every voice they heard was one more piece of evidence that they could make an understanding of the truth for themselves, as opposed to simply being consumers. Of stories, um, and we know obviously today how important it is for students to have that kind of media literacy, where they can um, understand that every story, every piece of information they can receive from other people is, is merely one piece of a larger whole. Um, and so that was that was very. Um, we felt that that was very important at the moment that it was happening and we're very proud and honoured that our students could, could take on the project the way that they did and uh, make it personal for them as opposed to mm, just appeal to something that we would like them to do.
1: Well, I think one of the things that I learned uh, through the students research is that, you know, as they, they were assigned different parts of Canada to research with different indigenous groups, and, and, of course, there's a multitude of languages and cultural experiences and values and practices uh, of the Indigenous peoples in Canada. But what they found out in the book, in the chapters, was that the residential schools experience was similar for all groups and that that's the effect of colonialism. And that, uh, that no matter what Indigenous language you spoke, whether you lived in northern Canada or on in, in on the plains of Manitoba, you had, as an Indigenous person, the similar experience over generations with residential schools. And that was very sad. That that was heartbreaking to suddenly have that realization that, you know, their personhood was so disregarded.
2: One other thing I'll mention about the project uh, that I just, I found to be uh, funny and interesting uh, at the beginning of my teaching career, um, I'd say the most exciting thing for students was to create a web page. This, this would be the late 90s. Oh, Mr. Martin, oh, we get to create a, a real web page that people will really be able to go and see. Oh, yes, that's what we're going to do. Let's do it. Let's put your voices out to the world, I, I would think to myself. And um, we, this was another iteration for us of having student voice be published um, and when er- earlier in the year, when we were trying to consider what was the best output for that, uh, should, should we, should we create a museum like we had before in the classroom? Um, should we have an info evening for invited people? Uh, should we create a web page? Yeah. <laughs> they, they rolled their eyes at webpage, like, Oh, another web page. But when the topic came around to an actual, published book that they could hold in their hands they got so excited yeah really yeah a real book
1: oh my goodness
2: we can make that's possible we can make (laughs) a real book that's ours and uh i found an echo in it uh from the earliest days of my teaching career of, of the web pages the the magic of creating something that they'd seen, but they didn't know they could possibly do. And uh, in my teaching career, it had come full circle to being a book again, which was most amusing to me. Mm
0: -hmm. I love the excitement and the engagement. That's great. And I think it's a perfect finishing note for us today. Thank you so much, Jock and Heather, for taking time out of your busy summers to speak with me. And congratulations on being named finalists for this year's Governor General's History Award for
2: Excellence in Teaching. Oh, thank you very much. Thank we're, you. We really appreciate it. And of course, um, our names are now attached to it. But for us, it, it was it's really, it's the students who yes, did the work. Most certainly. And we're really, um, really ultimately just pleased with that work that yes. they did. And the partnerships we were able to create in Winnipeg with uh, other people and groups that are, that are very invested in this topic and are, mm-hmm. are really happy to see students also being engaged in this very important topic.
1: Absolutely. Thank you.